Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Friday morning at Wax, the last Friday of 2022. Happy New Year. Bob with you doing the chores this morning here at the Shank of the Day. Joe, uh, again, off on vacation, some warmer climate. I think she went all the way down to Osseo to stay warm, so... <laughs> Hopefully she's enjoying enjoying her time off, and she'll be back in on Monday to do the chores with you. But in the meantime, we'll get them done as we take a look at uh, some of the things going on in the world of agriculture. And uh, one thing I just heard, they're going to open some of the snowmobile trails around Eau Claire leading into Clark County, this, that, and the other thing. But be careful on those trails because, uh, especially if you get off the groom trail, the groom trails are probably going to be fine, but if you try and break new ground, be careful out in the woods. You know, a lot of trees down, a lot of branches down. So go out and survey your trail in the daylight before you hightail it out there at night, especially after a couple of beers. We don't want you running into any trees because you're going to finish second in that contest. But just be careful. Fun time to be out on the snowmobiles, and uh, hopefully you get a good weekend of snowmobile riding, although it's going to warm up, not conducive to a good snowpack. And also, be careful if you're ice fishing. I just saw a story, too. A woman down in southern Wisconsin fell through the ice and drowned. So be careful. Respect nature. Understand it. And uh, enjoy it. That's what it's here for. So just uh, just be careful this weekend, won't you? And have a happy new year. If you can't uh, ride the snowmobile, watch football. Man, <laughs> there's football everywhere now. We've got pro games, college games, uh, you name it. It is on. And uh, markets will be open today. But the markets will be closed on Monday, and Monday night the markets will reopen on Tuesday morning. But again, markets today as normal, but then no markets on Monday and back to normal on Tuesday. All right, some of that uh, housekeeping out of the way. We'll take a look at uh, Governor Evers wrote a letter to the Food and Drug Administration. And what about Planet Acres in 2023? What are the early outlooks showing? We'll take a look at uh, some of those numbers, very unofficial at this time, but everybody's got a crystal ball. We'll also hear about, uh, well, the Clean Fuels Alliance, the ethanol and fuels and E85, 
all those sorts of things in the news. Jill's going to be along with a conversation with a board member on the uh, Clean Fuels Alliance, talking about what's going on with their organization. Hopefully we'll get a chance to hear about uh, one of the hotter markets in 2022 in agriculture. One corn, one cattle, wasn't soybeans, it was land. And hopefully we'll have time to get that in. But uh, we've got a a busy morning ahead, including talking about uh, some weather that's very, well, I guess not normal for the New Year's weekend. It's a whole lot different than we had last week for the Christmas weekend. And I think you can feel it already. If you're outside, we'll talk more about it. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the weather will be a little cooler today. We're going to get some winds out of the west as we uh, look at temperatures. It is cooler in the west. It's over at Ellsworth. It's about 18 and it's 24 here in Eau Claire. But that's going to cool down because our forecast are 26 right now in Eau Claire. But the forecast high for today around this area is 22. So you know it's going to cool off. So it will be a nice day, a nice December day. 22 for the high, partly cloudy, a little cooler, 7 overnight tonight, and then tomorrow they'll start the warm-up. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, we're looking temperatures about 33 degrees both days, 35 on Monday and Tuesday, then back to 28 on Wednesday. Right now, as we said, it's 26 degrees here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. The last Friday of 2022, and appropriate, our high temperature today will be 22 degrees. Partly cloudy, a little cooler, and breezes out of the west, over to the west along the river. It is colder, as we said, at Ellsworth, about 18 right now. Down in Milwaukee, it's 52, so (laughs) quite a spread of temperatures this morning. It's also a minute after 5. This is 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's find out what's going on this last Friday of the year. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Former President Trump's tax returns will be made public today. Chris Caraggio has the story. The House Ways and Means Committee plans to release Trump's personal and business returns from 2015 through 2020. The anticipated release comes as the Democratic-led panel said the IRS failed to properly audit Trump's taxes for several years while he was in office. Trump was the first presidential candidate in decades not to release his tax returns during his campaigns for president. I'm Chris Caraggio. Southwest Airlines is planning to get back on track. A statement from the airline said it's eager to return to a state of normalcy come Friday with minimal disruptions. This comes as the company has dealt with mass cancellations, delays, and bundles of lost bags over the past few days. FlightAware reports more than half of Southwest flights were canceled Thursday alone, with the total exceeding 2,300. The TSA is reviewing its top 10 catches at airport security checkpoints in 2022. Natalie Migliori fills us in. The top 10 most unusual find for airport officials was at LAX when they discovered fentanyl packaged like brand name candy. The number two attempt was stuffing a full handgun into a raw chicken at Fort Lauderdale Airport. Rounding out the top three was one passenger's attempt to hide gun parts in full peanut butter jars at JFK Airport. Here's a surefire way to get peanut butter in jailing time. The TSA put out a video about its top 10 finds, which included an inert grenade, a gun inside a PlayStation, and a knife inside a computer. I'm Natalie Migliori, New York. The percentage of U.S. adults who say they drink alcohol averaged 65% over the past two years. That's according to a semi-annual poll from Gallup, which also found that 36% of respondents describe themselves as total abstainers. Those numbers have been more or less consistent since the 1980s. And the Dallas Cowboys collected their second straight win after taking down the Tennessee Titans 27-13 in Nashville. 
You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. I've got a little story that kind of go, <laughs> goes along with that thing. What, a Noxitril or whatever that product is? So I don't know. If you've got it, good for you. If uh, you don't, okay. But I, if I remember to tell it later on this morning, I will share it with you. But uh, we've got more important chores to do right now. Like look at our weather forecast. And it's awful nice. So if you had to maybe postpone Christmas because of the weather, people couldn't get to where they needed to go, especially if they were flying on Southwest Airlines, and that might still be a problem. But anyway, if they were driving and couldn't make it, boy, this weekend should not be a problem. Today, 22 for the high, partly cloudy, a little cooler. We'll get some breezes out of the west, cooling us down a little bit. Tonight, it'll be nice and cool as well, 7 degrees. And then over the weekend, New Year's Eve day tomorrow and New Year's Eve, or New Year's Day on Sunday, both at 33 degrees, just partly cloudy, so no precipitation to bother the way it looks. And then on the Monday and Tuesday, cloudy, 35, maybe a little precipitation on Tuesday, and then Wednesday cooling back down to about 28 with cloudy conditions. So again, not a bad weekend. If you couldn't celebrate Christmas, you're going to do it this weekend or just have a big New Year's celebration. Weather should not be a problem. Just be smart about it. As we said, Ellsworth, cool spot over to the west at 18. It's 24 in Rice Lake, 31 at Medford, 35 in Wausau, Marshfield at 32, 30 in La Crosse. Green Bay, 45. Madison and Sun Prairie at 40. 52 right now in Milwaukee. And a very pleasant 26 degrees right now in our area. But again, as we said, going down a little bit, we'll end up at just 22 for the high later on today. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's take a look at what the markets show. And again, the markets will be open today, but uh, they will be closed on Monday. We're talking about the Board of Trade Mercantile Exchange. Local sale barns will be open, but uh, again, uh, grain trade, class three futures, those kinds of things. No trade on Monday and no trade on Monday night either, but they will open Right away on Tuesday morning. All right, as we wrap up the week, choice fed beef steers, 143 to 157. The mixed steers, 114 to 142. Choice fed beef heifers, 142 to 157. Mixed heifers, 99 to 142. Choice fed Holstein steers, 130 to 134. The select and silage fed, 96 to 129. Cows, 64 to 82. The bulls, 74 to 94. Butcher hogs trading mostly 54 to 71 this week. Sows, 38 to 42, the boars 15 and down. Short market lambs 127 and down. Feeder lambs 155 to two dollars. Mercantile exchange at the close of yesterday higher for cattle. Hogs were lower. February live hogs 158.85. That's up a dollar five at the close. April live cattle 162.45 up 67 in June at 158.15. That was up 20 cents. Feeder cattle for January 183.80 up 32. March 18677 that was up 57 April at 19015 up 65 May at 19315 up 65 and August up a half a dollar at 20305 hog cockers contracts were lower February hogs 8867 down 212 April at 9570 down 87 May at 100.97 that's down 55 and June at 10865 down 22 Board of Trade was mixed yesterday. The corn and the wheat prices were lower. 
some export concern and ethanol concerns in the corn markets, and a little bit better weather out in winter wheat country put pressure on those prices. Soybeans higher, and uh, looking at the prices on soybeans at the end of the year versus the first of the year, pretty nice increase in soybean prices this year. Overnight, March corn up a fraction at 679, the oats down a penny at 368, the wheat up a fraction at 774, March soybeans overnight up 12 cents at 1528, meal up 340 a ton at $461.90. Barrel cheese up a cent and a quarter at 186 and 3 quarters a blocks up a half at 216, butter unchanged 238 a pound. December class 3 was unchanged at 2051, January up 12 at 1973. February up 15 at 1872. March was unchanged at 1845, and April was up 4 at 1882. And as you look at prices out through next spring and summer, they're mixed to a little bit lower as we get into early next fall. So that's where we are this morning, taking a look at some of the markets, brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And uh, we do have a lot of news coming up, and we'll get the markets, more markets from the local sale barns. It's a busy Friday this last Friday of 2022. And again, as we said, and as you well know, the last Friday of 2022, and it's not going to be a bad one. We'll have a high about 22, which is actually a little cooler than it is right now. It's about 25 or 26 around the area now. And uh, we'll eventually cool off and get some uh, winds out of the west, as we said earlier, Ellsworth. Already, Ellsworth over in that Pierce County area, western Wisconsin, they're, they're in the teens already. So, again, uh, cooler weather is coming our way. Almost 16 minutes after 5 o'clock, so is some of our farm news coming your way next on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, uh, let's take a look at some of the news in agriculture. Governor Tony Evers written a letter to the Food and Drug Administration because the FDA is changing its definition and the use of the term healthy, at least that's their proposal, for products like cranberries and tart cherries. Governor said the stricter definition is unfair, since both products are considered tart and some sugar, some sugar, they don't add excessive amounts, some sugar needs to be added during the processing to make the finished product more tasty to consumers. The changes, Governor Evers claims, will put those products at a disadvantage if they can't use the term healthy on their labels. Cattle inventories are down and beef prices are up across the country, and some folks think those prices shouldn't be as high as they are, especially old folks like in the restaurant business. So more restaurants are calling out the beef packing industry in this country for what they claim is a price-fixing scheme. Since earlier in November, several major retailers and wholesalers, as well as livestock and other agriculture groups, have filed antitrust lawsuits claiming the big four meat packers, that's Cargill, JBS, National Beef, and Tyson Foods, have violated multiple antitrust laws starting back in 2015. All those lawsuits have now been combined and will eventually be heard in a Minnesota federal court. And a young farming couple from the Menominee area has been chosen to serve on a national committee for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Ben and Haley Sand of Menominee area will begin their terms on the Farm Bureau's Young Farmers and Ranchers Committee at the start of 2023, and they were nominated by the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. So congratulations to Ben and Haley on uh, that position, an important position there 
with the Farm Bureau. They really reach out and uh, get local people from all over the country involved in their national committees. So, again, we got a lot of people serving on national committee, not only the Farm Bureau, but many other organizations as well. Almost 19 minutes after 5 o'clock and uh, still ahead, we're going to hear from Jill, who's on vacation. But uh, earlier, she did an interview with the Clean Fuels Alliance. What is it? What's it all about? What's their challenge? How they doing? We're going to find out as she talks to uh, Greg Anderson, who's a board member with the Clean Fuels Alliance. That's coming up on Wax. Again, right now, 26 degrees. The high today, 22. We're going to get some breezes that are going to be a little bit cooler. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. As we get ready to head into a new calendar year, one uh, target that's on the horizon is constantly looking at renewable fuels, blends of fuels. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. It's not just about electric cars. We're also focused in on increased use of renewable fuels like E15 and a big push on the more industrial side with biodiesel. Man, Jill, it sounds like that's going to be a conversation we're going to have over and over again in 2023. I think you're right, Pam. You know, that biodiesel, that's something you don't have to make any adjustments on your vehicle. You can just use it, and it seems to be more and more accessible. I'm Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. I caught up with Greg Anderson. He is a governing board member for Clean Fuels Alliance America. They produce biodiesel. And we talked about the goals of the alliance. We talked about making that biodiesel, getting it into the fuel market. And we talked about the labor market, you know, because that's always seems to be on our mind to get more industrial and keep everything working. And the opportunity to use more of this product that farmers can keep producing over and over again. All right. Well, thanks for coming by our booth. We're very pleased that you did because uh, biodiesel and renewable diesel has a tremendous story to tell all across rural America. Uh, Really, the soybean checkoff established the biodiesel industry in the United States over 25 years ago with with, uh, checkoff dollars going into the research and development and testing of this fuel. Uh, We thought that uh, back at that time, those farmer leaders uh, saw a tremendous opportunity to to convert soybean oil, which was in excess by billions of pounds, dragging the price of the uh, bushel down at the farm gate uh, to really levels that weren't profitable. What are we going to do with all this extra soybean oil? We're crushing beans. We're having meal to feed our domestic livestock, but we have all this oil left over. And uh, they came upon the, the concept of let's turn it into fuel, burn it in our diesel engines, blend it with petroleum diesel. And here we are today. Back then, it's a niche market. Today, we're mainstream fuel. We're producing over 3 billion gallons of biodiesel a year. We're looking by the end of 2030 to be at 6 billion gallons by the year 2050, 15 billion gallons of both biodiesel and renewable diesel, all made from agricultural feedstocks. Not only soybean oil, but distillers, corn oil, animal fats, canola, we, we see used cooking oil, and all those feedstocks can be used to make this wonderful fuel. And I'm going to look right out at the fuel pump. Have you seen a big growth in the biodiesel just because of the price of the diesel out there? Well, it's interesting because with biodiesel extra gallons being produced and put on the market and that diesel pool market, it's actually lowering the cost of diesel from what it would have been with if we didn't have that by like 4%. So 
The other day, I, I got some more diesel on the farm. It was $5 a, a gallon, which is extremely high, the highest price I've ever paid. But yet I have to remind myself that if it wasn't for biodiesel out there, that would probably be another $0.20 cents a gallon higher. So uh, that's one way to look at that. But uh, diesel prices are high. There's no doubt about that. But biodiesel is uh, pr- providing that ex- those extra gallons on the market to kind of lessen that pain of, uh, produce- of paying that high price. And you mentioned an increase in gallons. Do you think that those gallons will go up even further if our prices stay the same? Well, gallons are going to continue to go up, not only because of that, but because of the demand for cleaner air and the demand for energy security, the demand for uh, sustainability is all converging together to make this market really accelerate. So, for example, uh, California, the largest transportation diesel market in America, just last year in 2021, the amount of biodiesel and renewable diesel going into California comprised 33% of their diesel pool. So one-third of all the diesel used in California was either biodiesel or renewable diesel. Fast forward to this year, the first two quarters, we're up over 44%, and we're on our way to 50%. Almost half of the diesel in California is either biodiesel or renewable diesel. They're using it to decarbonize. There's no other fuel that can do that, liquid, liquid petroleum diesel is not clean when it comes out of the tailpipe. And by using uh, renewable diesel and biodiesel, we can really clean up our air quickly. It's a drop-in fuel. No, it's a seamless. It's no engine modifications made. And uh, that's why people are embracing it so quickly. Well, that was my next question of, do we have to make any modifications in order to use biodiesel? No, that's that's the beauty of it. Um, engine manufacturers endorse B20, most of them right out the, the gate when those uh, new engines leave the manufacturing uh, facility. And that's that's important. That's a landmark uh, choice showing that this, this fuel is the most tested, most proven fuel on the planet. Uh, success, successfully, we've, we've shown over and over again that even as the d- diesel engines modify and continue to evolve and continue to get better and more efficient, biodiesel has always been there and it can always be used by these uh, companies, uh, no matter who they are and where they're from, as a drop-in fuel that reduces carbon, cleaner emission out of the tailpipe. Um, and we're seeing that expand, not only from the the truck market and the over-the-road facilities to other industries such as railroad and uh, city municipalities where buses are used uh, and on the upcoming sustainable aviation fuel uh, where planes are actually running on fuel that is renewable. It's, It's an incredible story. Were there incentives put in place to get that biodiesel out there? We have a a, uh, tax credit of a dollar per gallon that's effective through the end of 2024. And uh, that's been before Congress uh, up and down, down through the years, but it's always seems like it's always been renewed or retroactive if it hasn't been renewed in time. All we ask is for a level playing field. Um, The big oil companies have been subsidized for 100 years and uh, nobody really thinks much about it. Uh, We're still a young industry that's uh, growing and being established, providing tens of thousands of good-paying jobs across the country, providing billions of dollars of economic benefit to small towns, rural communities, uh, providing uh, help with the tax base, uh, providing not only clean air but sustainable fuel that uh, provides uh, security for the energy policy of our nation. I mean, you just think about that, it all comes back to agriculture. It comes back to the small farms and ranches that uh, produce either animal fats or, or uh, feedstock of, uh, of corn, soy, 
and uh, canola. And uh, this is a great, great agricultural story is really what it is. And with increased production, I'm going to swing back to that labor thing. How are you guys doing with keeping up with the labor? Well, as far as, uh, you know, providing good-paying jobs is something, uh, and everybody's in the job market for some degree. Uh, I hear some people today got laid off of different things outside of the biofuels industry. So there, there's, there's, there's opportunities for uh, young men and women coming out of college to get involved in the biofuel industry, whether it be driving trucks, whether it be working in a facility that's making renewable diesel, if they have a degree in chemical engineering, or if they are just, uh, you know, uh, apprentice-type ship. Uh, apprenticeship uh, type of jobs and in, in doing manual, more manual labor. We have something for everybody. It's just uh, uh, such a great job uh, growth market that um, it's exciting. I'm on the feedstock uh, production side, so I don't have to change my job to be involved in the biofuels industry. I just uh, grow my soybeans and I harvest my soybeans with a combine that's running on biodiesel and I'm realizing that some of the soybeans that I harvest with my combine will be turned into biodiesel. So and again, that's a farmer and gentleman, Greg Anderson. He's on the uh, board, Clean Fuels Alliance, talking about uh, biodiesel and what's going on with that industry. Well, it's 5.30 in the morning, and some smiling faces around here are enjoyable to see on the last Friday of the morning, and that includes looking through the window into the looking glass over there uh, it's kind of like uh, the wizard of oz looking mm-hmm. through the glass you're uh, yeah dorothy <clears throat> lay it on a little thicker <laughs> morgan mccarthy <laughs> is well you got big plans for the uh new year's weekend you, Ooh, you no you know i'm not i'm not a new year's it, to me that's uh it's a little late and a little cold but i i always take a moment before midnight to uh, kind of just look back and say wow that year went fast so do i my my look back before midnight's about eight o'clock yeah, now that works <laughs> on my clock too but what time zone would we be in oh, somewhere boy. across the pond apparently i think so i think so but again this is the last friday of the year what's going on in the news it is the, the last uh, friday here in 2022 begins with headlines that keep us pretty close to our area good morning here's what we're learning we know police in eau claire once again asking for help in finding a murder suspect from back in september investigators yesterday asked for help in finding Kamon golden he's one of three suspects in the killing of christopher connor but he's the only one on the run Detectives say Connor died after a fight that followed a night of bar hopping. Anyone with any information about that is asked to call Crime Stoppers. We look to other headlines across the state as uh, chronic wasting disease in wild deer now found in the western part of the state. The DNR yesterday confirming a case of CWD in a deer in Buffalo County. Hunter bagged the two-year-old doe and it's the first case of CWD in wild deer in Buffalo County, which means another three-year ban on feeding and baiting in that area. We take it to the political stage where more pardons by Governor Tony Evers just before the new year, announcing 171 new pardons, which pushes his total since the start of his administration to 774. For a full list of that, you can find a click online, 715newsroom.com. Well, familiar name to our area, hanging up the badge. It's Sheriff Jim Kualchek, who will retire next week after 15 years as sheriff and 45 in law enforcement. There was a retirement party for him yesterday. He will officially retire January 7th, and that's when Travis Hakes takes over in the sheriff's department. 
and a lot of people, uh, including my sister and nieces, antsy to get out on those trails. Eau Claire has good news for you. Snowmobile trails open there as of today, and that's 8 a.m. So you have uh, just a little shy two and a half hours here to hop on the sleds. And then Barring County announcing that they're open as well. And uh, you can find information about that as they're slated to open Saturday morning. So that would be tomorrow. All online, too, of 715newsroom.com. And we send you back to the barn with Bob in the Midwest Farm Show on Wax 104.5. You're not a snowmobiler? <laughs> I would if it was warmer. <laughs> That's the thing. What you are know, you living here for? I like, uh, no, I appreciate winter. I do. I'm one of those people where, you know what? I love Wisconsin. It's home. I signed up for this. I know what's going to happen out there. I like to hop on a sled every once or twice in the back position. Yep, yep, I don't no, drive them. I like no. to go for a ride. And, uh, and again, I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier the trail. The groom trails are fine, but you know, they're always the adventuresome ones that mm-hmm. uh, maybe get hopped up a little bit, stop at too many of the local establishments and want to break a new trail, be careful because with this heavy snow, there are trees down, and if they're still covered in snow, you can't see them, and you're not going to win a battle if you run into a tree. Well, and uh, Sheriff Fitzgerald was saying that out of Barron County. He said that most of them are groomed, but not all of them are tidy. So yeah. you will find those branches across, and of course, if you're riding at night, you're not going to be able to see those. So you definitely want to take it uh, pretty easy out there, and a lot of volunteers working hard to get those open. So. Yeah, and it looks like with this weather, yeah. it's conducive to maybe some night snowmobiling because it's not going to be 40 below. Right, and then what? As we hit the higher temps, people tick, 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 yep, tick, yep, tick. Yep. You want to get out there? Well, you can. You'll be riding bike next week at this rate. Yeah, that is for sure. <laughs> All right. You have a happy new year, and we'll see you in 2023. It's a date, my friend. All right. There goes Morgan McCarthy, uh, best news person in the country, right here with us on Wax. Good to have her every time. All right. What about our weather for snowmobiling and making a snowman or whatever else it might be? Let's find out because our weather this morning being brought to you by Marika Gouda. So onward and upward we head over to Skywarn 13 and get into the weather room. Mike Dandry is there. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. Well, I saw you in the stocking. It's not that cold. What are you wearing a stocking cap outside for today? It's not the cold. It's the wind. Oh, <laughs> it's not the heat. It's the humidity. There's always an excuse. Yep. I mean, you know that as well as I do, Bob. And in December, if it's if it's not the cold, if we're not, you know, 40 below, it's where you have those winds come in. Oh, that is for sure. No question about it. And, uh, and I saw from the temperatures when I was checking the TV screen a little earlier, I uh, saw the temperatures to the west are cooler than the temperatures farther to the east, huh? Yep, and that's where we have that cold front working through, and our our temperatures are expected to follow suit with that as well, and actually have been dropping over the last few hours. Not too long ago, we were into the 30s, now uh, getting into the low 20s, and that's where we're expected to hang out today, uh, later this afternoon. We may even dip into the upper teens before starting to warm up just a couple of degrees, topping out around 22. We'll have some intervals of clouds and sun throughout the day, but winds will also die down as high pressure gets a little bit closer. Tonight, we could see some patchy fog develop, but it's going to be a chilly one. Back into the upper single digits, some of us into the low teens as well. Saturday and Sunday going to be mild yet again and mostly cloudy, maybe just a very slim chance at a few raindrops and a few snowflakes falling uh, with the confetti uh, on Saturday night. But then going into Sunday, partly sunny, back into the mid-30s again. And Monday and Tuesday, we are tracking a storm system that will likely bring us at least some rain and maybe a little bit of snow mixing in as our highs mostly set into the mid to upper 30s. But then we have some cool air on the back edge of that system, back into more seasonal temperatures into the low to mid-20s with some clouds hanging around for Wednesday. 
and more sunshine for Thursday. But right now, as mentioned, our temperatures are starting to drop, and we have a temperature of 24 degrees in Eau Claire. All right, but nothing like last weekend. No, sir. This is not that Arctic air like we had. All right. You made your New Year's resolution, Judd? Uh, my wife and I are going to start on the Mediterranean diet. What's that? Uh, it's more like whole foods and uh, a lot less red meat, unfortunately. I'm going to have to give up a lot of the red meat that I know and love so well. why are so you well. starting on that diet? You're not overweight. I'm the one that can use that. I get a belly <laughs> on me. Well, I, I got a little bit that I'd like to get rid of. We'll just say that much. Okay. Well, come on over and shovel my driveway. I'll get you some exercise and have you sweat it off. <laughs> Might have to. All right. Hey, Mike, you have a very happy new year. We'll talk to you in 2023. Sounds good, Bob. You have a happy new year as well. There he goes. Mike Dandry over there. There at Skywarn 13, looking at our weather on wax, brought to you by Marika Gouda. And Marika, of course, in Thorpe. But soon, don't forget about February, it looks like. Uh, she'll be moving in around Eau Claire over, well, like right across from Applebee's. But Marika Gouda, that's good stuff. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to get a look at uh, land values. We we always study the value of corn and milk and soybeans and cattle and hogs. But what about land? We know those prices aren't getting any cheaper. But what was it in 22? We'll do that in a minute. But the experts are looking into their crystal balls to try and figure out what crops and how many acres farmers will plant those crops too in 2023. The latest USDA estimates show corn, and these are just estimates obviously at this point in time, show corn acres are expected to go up between 2 and 3 million acres next spring to about 92 million. Part of the reason, far fewer acres expected to be in the prevented planting category next spring. Tighter world supplies because of the ongoing war in Ukraine, which has been traditionally before this war, one of the world's largest exporters. And also, how big will the Brazilian crop be? For soybeans, planted acres are expected to be down about a half million acres, down to 87 million. And that's up to speculation because here at the end of the year, price is much better than they were at the beginning of the year. Also, uncertainty about the crop coming out of South America, which right now looks to be about 20% larger than last year. What's going on with those land prices? We'll talk to an expert that we had a chance to talk to in Kansas City recently, as we're about 20 minutes now before 6 o'clock at Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Some crazy numbers in land sales we've been seeing this fall. What's behind it? What's the future? Let's find out at the Farmers National Company. Paul Shattig is with us, and uh, Paul is uh, with the organization headquartered down in uh, Olathe, Kansas. Tell us, first of all, Paul, about uh, Farmers National. Your footprint is in a lot of different areas. That's for sure. We're, uh, we currently operate in, thir- in 29 states, and uh, with our uh, oil and gas division, even go on above and beyond that. Well, what's going on in land prices, a head-scratcher? Where do you think these things are going to go, and what kind of numbers have you guys seen in some of the land deals you've been involved with? You know, a, a year ago, we really thought we'd start to see some settling of values, and, and that certainly didn't happen. Uh, our pipeline got really full early in the year last year, and it continued through the summer and into this fall. And when and in the footprint that we're at across the Midwest, um, you know, we see a pretty broad range of, of values per acre. But uh, everything, you know, when we consider all classes of land, they're all up. 
And when we go out to the east, uh, you know, in the Illinois region, we'll find sales uh, 20,000 plus consistently. Then when we come across to Iowa, we're seeing a lot of the $15,000 an acre, $12,000 an acre. But every now and then, one pops up like the other day that's 30000 an acre. And we have to kind of dive into that and say why. And uh, we're seeing a lot of those are being uh, purchased by operating uh, farmers. And there's emotion tied to their bidding. Uh, the investors are definitely part of that equation. They're pushing the land to a certain level creating a floor and then anything that's paid a premium above that is usually paid by an, a local farmer. Tell me about this $30,000 transaction. What, uh, where was that? And uh, what, did another farmer buy that to grow corn and soybeans? Yep, the, that was in uh, you know north central Iowa, and uh, those were it, 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 there were several bidders at that auction. But when it boiled down to it, that were two local farmers that wanted to expand, and they were willing to pay the price. Is there a ceiling? I mean, just as you try to put a ceiling out, and then all of a sudden the ceiling gets blown through. Yeah. And I, I really feel like we're going to start to see a slowdown. We're probably going to see fewer and fewer of those really out-of-the-world record prices. I think the, the land market is still going to stay strong, but we're going to uh, probably see a little bit of a settling as we move into 2023. But where you have strong commodity markets, even though we're starting to see increasing interest rates, that still hasn't slowed down our buyer pool. It's still very strong, and there's still some some land coming to market. And these neighbors that are buying this land, they're tearing out the fences. They're not grazing cattle on that land. They are for sure not grazing cattle on that land. You know, the, the story has been the last 5, 10 years that high-quality land is going to sell. There's more demand for high-quality land, and that still is the case. Those are the ones that are, the guys are willing to pay the premium for, and they, they see that value. They've maybe been waiting to buy that land for many years, and they figure this is their only opportunity. Who's putting this land up for sale? Is it retiring farmers, or is it uh, people that have uh, inherited the land, maybe three, four, five brothers and sisters that we don't want to farm it. Let's take our money and run. What What are you seeing? Who's Who's putting it on the market? Yeah, I think that that boils down to uh, opportunities, and uh, there's a lot of those sellers who are just what you described. They are people who have either retired from farming and have held that as an asset, but they're going to take advantage of this current opportunity to sell at record prices. And we have individuals that have inherited land that don't have strong ties to that land. They see the cash value as more valuable than the intrinsic value. Interest rates haven't caused anybody to flinch, it doesn't sound like. No, the, the interest rates you would think would have more effect on, on uh, bidding and the buyer pool, but they are, uh, we've seen a, a small effect, but not a large effect yet. But I think that as we move into 2023, if we continue to see increasing interest rates, I think you're going to see that, that adjustment made. What's that interest rate number that you think will scare them off? Well, I would have thought six would have slowed them down, but now we're at eight, and and they're still bidding pretty strong. So, uh, well, I, I don't know how much more the market can take. Are these guys that are buying this land they they writing a check, or they got their banker on their side? Uh, what's happening? Well, surprisingly, most of our land transactions are cash based. There may be a small loan involved, but the majority of it's coming with cash. And we have a lot of lending institutions who have set the value that they will lend on that land. And so anything that they pay above that, they're paying with cash. 
So again, <laughs> it's remarkable to think that these, well, they turn into million, multi-million dollar land transactions depending on how big the tract of land is. And boy, and you can write a check for, for that. I hope you're related to me. Anyway, it's happening out there. That's Paul Shattuck with the Farmers National Company, and we had a chance to talk to him in, in Kansas City at their Farm Broadcasters Convention, and it's an interesting land market. Now you're talking Illinois, Iowa. Obviously, land prices aren't going to go 30000 here in Wisconsin or eighteen or even twenty. but, I mean, it's, uh, it's happening out there, and it, it does have a ripple effect. But, again, mostly farmers are buying that land to grow corn and soybeans, as we said, Soybean price at the end of the year, a little better than it was at the beginning of the year, but uh, isn't that good? I don't know. They must think so. 14 minutes before 6 o'clock here at Wax. Once again, pretty nice weather for the uh, Labor, or Labor Day, for the New Year's Day weekend. As uh, we're looking today to cool off a little bit from where we started, we're at uh, about 24 right now, and eventually we'll drop to about 22. And then it's only going to be about 7 above overnight. And then for the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, New Year's Eve day and New Year's Eve itself. And New Year's Day, about 33 degrees, partly cloudy. Should be nice for doing some travel. And if you didn't do that, just, uh, you know, have a designated driver with you. Monday, 35. Tuesday, 35. Wednesday, 28. And I think he said on Thursday next week, Mike Dandre, that is, said back uh, well into the 30s again. So, again, we start January. It's uh, not going to be a rough start to the new year weather-wise. And, again, it's uh, cooler to the west. That's gradually moving our way. We've got markets to take a look at, and uh, why don't we get at that? See what happened yesterday over at the Equity L Tuna Barn as uh, they held their last sale of the year. And here's Jim Lindsay to tell us how that sale went. Choice beef steers and heifers a dollar twenty to a dollar forty seven. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers a dollar twenty to a dollar forty seven. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers one thirty five to one forty seven. Choice Holstein steers a dollar twenty to a dollar thirty four. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar nineteen and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from seventy eight to eighty seven. We had an extreme top of ninety eight. Sixty percent of the cows sold from fifty to seventy seven. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from forty nine and down. Organic market from Tuesday eighty percent of the organic cows sold from eighty to ninety three. The bottom twenty percent of the organic cows sold from seventy nine and down. Cull bulls sold from sixty five to ninety. Thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discount. Counted. 80% of the 95 pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from 50 to $125 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $20 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from 80 to $240 per head. Sows on Thursday sold from 45 to 55 Our next special feeder sale is Friday, January 6th. We will be featuring bred beef cows and have about 40 of them on the list at this time for that sale. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Sneaking up on 10 minutes before the hour. That hour be 6 o'clock. We have more markets to wrap up our week over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us, the only guy I know that could write a check for $30,000 an acre farmland. Well, good morning to you, Bob. Yeah, well, you, anybody can write a check for any amount, you know. <laughs> How high will it bounce is the question. 
There you go, yep. <laughs> but uh, that's, that's reality out there, that's for sure. Well, what uh, you got any plans for the weekend, or are you going to be, uh, be careful? Well, I think uh, uh, mostly just with family over, I think, tomorrow. So uh, probably stay close to home. You know, it's, you know... It, at, uh, you get to be our age, Bob. Those uh, 4 a.m. mornings are—that's uh, <laughs> when you're getting up, not going to bed. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's a good point. That is for sure. But again, if you're going out snowmobiling, do that. It's going to be good weather for snowmobiling. But make sure you you stay on the groomed trails unless you know it, because again, with all that heavy snow, the trees and branches are down, and the tree limbs are down, and trees themselves are down. You don't want to run into that because you'll finish second place. So, you ever do snow? You ever snowmobile? You much of a snowmobiler? Oh, many years ago, Bob. But oh, yeah. uh, when I was much young, when I was much younger. But now it's uh, not too appealing right now. Boy, how those things are like everything else. How those things have changed. Man, oh man, they're pretty luxury. A lot of them, if you can uh, find one like well, that. I, but there's something else. I don't know. I know a lot of snow melted yesterday, so I don't yeah. even know if there's any trails in Marathon County that are open. Oh, I see. Well, check ahead. That's for sure. I know they're going to open them this morning in Eau Claire, so I don't know what the status is around the area, but check it. It's going to cool off as the day goes along, so it's not going to melt much anymore now for a while. Well, wrap up yep. the week for us. The last week of 2022 at Stratford. We better do that, Bob. Thank you, and a good morning, everyone. And a summary from this past week here in Stratford. We'll start out with the cow market. Uh, Iolene fleshy Holstein cows this week, selling from mostly from 72 to 80. Uh, extreme top in the cows at 89. Most of the cows selling between 52 and 72. Thinner cows below 50. On the organic market on Tuesday, high-yielding organic cows selling from 92 to 107, lower-yielding organics below 90. On the Fed cattle trade this week, choice grading Holstein steers, mostly from 123 to 137, select underfinished cattle 120 and below. On the uh, bull trade, better quality bulls are selling from 82 to 94, lighter bulls below 82. Calf market, uh, mostly steady all week, a little better demand on the bull calves on Monday's auction, but uh, most of the calves this week could quality bull calves selling from 70 to 150. Uh, we did top it Monday at 170. Uh, very limited de- demand on these heifer calves this week, mostly 30 and below. Beef calves are selling from 125 up to 280. And uh, as we enter 2023, not really any changes in the sales schedule for next week. The only change will be that on New Year's Day, we will not be will not be open to uh, take overnight delivered cattle on Sunday. So uh, uh, keep that in mind, folks. But we will open up bright and early Monday morning and normal sales schedule next week, including the uh, dairy auction next uh, Tuesday. And uh, we do have a consignment of Holstein Parlor Freestall cows for that sale next Tuesday. And next Wednesday will be our special feeder cattle sale, including bred beef cows. So if you folks got cattle looking signs at those souls, just let us know here, 715-687-4101. And, Bob, as we uh, end the year here in Stratford, certainly want to thank all of our uh, great patrons for the for their uh, uh all year for their uh, support and uh, looking forward to 2023 on behalf of everybody here at equity you guys have a happy new year and looking forward to seeing folks in 2023 and certainly want to thank bob you and the folks at wax for doing the great job you do all year too so we'll be looking forward to uh working with you next year we look forward to it as well jerry have a good weekend and uh, we'll talk to you in 2023 you bet. And uh, like they say, uh, you know, like you said, get a designated driver, but uh, I don't think we have to worry about that, do we? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that's going to be a problem for us. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn this morning.
Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, let's take a look at the rest of our markets. And as far as the markets are concerned, again, the markets uh, will be closed on Monday and Monday night. There will be no trade on Monday night, but they will reopen bright and early on Tuesday morning. So market activity today, but none on Monday or Monday night. And uh, yesterday, corn and wheat were lower. Corn pressured by export concerns, ethanol concerns, better weather in wheat country, put a little pressure there. Soybeans higher and uh, continue to higher up nicely from the beginning of the year. March corn overnight up a fraction at 679. The oats down a penny at 368. March wheat up a fraction at 774. Soybeans up 12 at 1528. And soybean meal up 340 a ton at $461.90. Looking at country elevator prices today at wheat and grain at the Chippewa Falls Wheaton location. Corn 622, beans 1467. At the Connorsville elevator for wheat and grain, 622 on the corn. 1457 on the soybeans on our DTN screen. Corn at Baldwin, 635. The beans, 1454. At Duran, 626 on the corn, 1449 on the beans. Mondovi, the corn is 637. Beans, 1454. At Elmwood, 635 and 1459. Fall Creek, 617 on the corn, 1434 on the beans. Osseo, the corn is at 640 a bushel. Beans, 1459. Elk Mount, 628 and 1450. Sparta, corn, 623. Beans, 1448. Ellsworth, 605 and 1404. And at the ethanol plants, corn, Boyceville today, 654. Stanley, 642. And the Richmond Grain Facility, 639. Barrel cheese up a cent and a quarter at 186 and three quarters. The block's up a half at 216. Butter unchanged at 238. December class three unchanged at 2051 coming off the board now. January up 12 at 1973. February up 15 at 1872. March unchanged 1845. April up four at 1882. Prices mixed to lower through this next fall. And again, I want to wish you a very happy and safe new year into 2023 as we look some pretty nice weather. Today, we've been talking about cooling off, but then uh, nice over the weekend in the low to mid-30s, both Saturday and Sunday. So enjoy your New Year's. We can't wish you a happy enough new year in 2023. Look forward to being back with you in the new year. Have a great, great holiday weekend. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.